opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Well, good evening, everyone. My name is Peggy Garrett, and this is the spring focus call for the ACB Membership Committee. And I am sitting in for our chairperson, Ardis Bazin, who had a change in her travel, uh, her flight arrangement, so she was not able to join us this evening. So I am very pleased to be facilitating the call this evening. So welcome to each of you who, who's joining us, and we hope that you will find this session very beneficial and uh, helpful to you as you move forward with planning your, your events and activities. So we had a lot of questions from people about how ACB can help to promote uh, affiliate and chapter programs and, and events. And this has come up on several different calls that I've been, been on. So the membership committee decided that we would share this information. And who better to present this than Anthony Stevens, the director of ACB's development. So we invited him and he graciously agreed to share with us this evening. So Anthony's going to share some information and once he does, we'll open up for questions and answers and our, our host will tell you how to raise your hand at that time. But for now, Tony, I just want to thank you so much for fitting us into your schedule. I know you're a busy man with a lot of things going on, but we really appreciate it. And I'm going to turn it over to you so that you can share tips and information uh, to answer some of these questions for our members. Thank you so much, Peggy. Hopefully everybody can hear me okay from Baltimore, Maryland. It is a lovely night on the East Coast of the United States. Finally feels like spring after a late start to it. Um, I think the groundhog had seen a shadow or didn't see a shadow, but whatever one it was that made it seem like winter was hanging on for a while. We finally got a blast of it. My hope is folks around the country are feeling that same way. Uh, spring often gives us new opportunities, time to try new things, do a little spring cleaning, and a chance to uh, clean out things, not maybe just in our own homes, but also maybe in our workflow, the way we do things, uh, the way that we engage with people. It's been very exciting. We're working an awful lot now on the national conference and convention to take place in Omaha, but it'll also take place here, there, and everywhere as the motto for this year's convention and conference will be in Omaha as we work to have our first hybrid convention, which means we'll be having, in a sense, uh, similar virtual events like we had around the country, but also be having a chance to have and host people in Omaha. So we've been working hard on that. A large part of that on my plate is communications, as Peggy said, I'm the director of development, but also the director of development and communications. Over the past year, we've been fortunate to really create a, a robust actual team uh, which is predominantly our, you know, our six staff and contractors that we have. Uh, we are short two at this point. We unfortunately had Jennifer Flatt, who I think some of the folks knew as our communications manager, had departed ACB at the first of March, uh, first couple of days of March. She had an opportunity come up that would allow her to make an impact on vaccinations globally, and we wish Jennifer the best in that effort. And obviously, it's it's a very altruistic or very humbling opportunity she has at a time when it's it's a critical need for across the entire planet. So she came from health communications backgrounds, and I know she uh, would obviously wanted to be a part of this. 
Um, but we, we miss Jennifer. We will be um, looking soon for someone to help fill that position. We've also had another member of our communications team take leave, but she will be coming back. I just was talking to her the other day, Kelly Gask, and I'll be talking a little bit about Kelly and some of the things that she does within our organization that maybe can be a resource for our members and for our affiliates, for our affiliate leaders around the country and with our special interest affiliates as well in ways that she can help get engaged. Uh, she did not depart permanently, but she took some time off to have a baby. So we allowed that in the sense of wishing her well when she left at the end of February and has a wonderful baby girl. Like I said, I was just talking to her the other day and Juniper Faye is, is eating pretty regularly and slowly getting bigger and not necessarily slowly sleeping through the entire night. So Kelly's still quite exhausted and she's still getting used to getting her sea legs as a mom. But she'll be coming back, uh, you know, throughout the month of May. You might be hearing her voice pop up. For those that don't know Kelly, she's our communication specialist that works on graphic design and our social media. We'll be talking a little bit about some of the resources our national ACB can offer in support of that, but also ways that you can sort of tie in to some best practices and strategies as well. At the same time, I would encourage folks to email media that if you're an affiliate leader, at acb.org. If you haven't already gotten the communications toolkit that we circulated last year, uh, which is packed full of abundant amount of resources, is about the same time last year we had pushed that out. Thanks to one of our contractors, Kane Vendimio, who conducted the communication strategy for ACB, the larger ACB, uh, but had a chance to talk with a lot of folks and do focus groups and communication tactics and strategies were put into a nice little toolkit to help affiliates. So I would encourage folks, if you didn't get a copy of that and you're a leader in your local affiliate or your chapter, uh, to email media at acb.org. Uh, and Kelly was a big part of creating that. Now, I give that as a caveat. As Peggy said, uh, my, my schedule's been busy, but a little bit more busy as I'm also going away. I'm packing as we speak. My apartment is a bit of a shambles as I'm trying to get everything squeezed into two bags that I can throw onto an Amtrak train early, early tomorrow morning and head up to get guide dog number four for me up at the CNI in Morristown, New Jersey. So I will be departing. So if you email, you might get an out-of-office reply. I'm going to be still sort of teleworking or working at nights, as it were. Anybody that's gotten a guide dog knows those busy schedules that the dog's uh, life of transition uh, and the trainers like to throw on us. So it's, it's go, 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 stop, 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 go, stop, go, wait, wait, wait. Anybody that's ever gotten a guide dog knows that knows that sort of path well, um, but I am excited to be heading up there. Um, but this is nice. This is sort of my last thing before I uh, finally make sure I got my toothbrush packed and everything else uh, that I get a chance to spend my Sunday night with you all talking about something I love passionately, uh, which is communications. As the director of development for ACB and communications, you know, communications has been my, my forte throughout uh, my entire over 30 years of working in nonprofits, right? Um, I did my graduate and undergraduate degree in journalism and mass communications at the University of Georgia. I was worked in radio for a while and worked in newspapers before I did a long stint in communications for nonprofits and then got into the blindness sort of field of advocacy, myself being someone who's blind, uh, legally blind my entire life. And that's obviously something passionate and something I've been excited to do in terms of building relationships and, and working around and various elements of communication development in a sense is a communications with an ask, as a lot of us know. And sometimes we all have to make those asks in terms of finding ways for others to want to come walk with us and join us. So it's that persuasive communications, right? We'll be talking a little bit about tonight about how can our communications be persuasive? If it's getting people to come to your event, if it's getting people to volunteer, 
Uh, and if it's even more perfect when those people give not just their time, but maybe some sort of resource to help us sustain the work we're doing into the next generation, communications is key in all of that. And what I'd like to do this evening is talk a little bit about some of the broader principles of good communications to make sure we're all just up to speed. Some of us already probably know a lot of this, but then we're going to dive down into weeds a little bit about what's available, like I said, nationally, but what are some things you can do? And then obviously open it up to questions as well. If you have any questions that you might be interested in, uh, tactics, strategies, ways that you can sort of leverage your own volunteers and your skill sets, you know, even in the world of communications, it's a team effort. I like to think of the team that we don't have just of six people. You know, I've got, as I said, we have that empty vacancy right now, Phil, but we got Kelly, we have Sharon Lovering, who everyone knows is the Braille Forum editor. She works closely with our board of publications, which sets the voice of our community uh, in terms of the tone and messaging uh, for the BOP. So we have our public awareness committee that the BOP is actively involved with. We also have Rick, I think everyone knows Rick Morin, who runs ACB Media. He's our IT and ACB Media Manager. And then Larry Gasman, who works with ACB Media on sort of the programming side to fill the channels, like everyone listening tonight on ACB Media 6. Hopefully everybody's doing well listening in. That's not just on the Zoom meeting, but if you're listening by Alexa and all that, uh, it takes volunteers. We have over 62 volunteers that work alone with the ACB Media family, and we're extremely thankful for all the work they do every day, our editors, our streamers, all the hosts, the folks that work with Cindy on all the community meetings. Uh, it's an army, and it's teamwork. So success, whenever we want to try to talk about communications and trying to get people to you know, act on whatever we tell them, it's not just necessarily informing people, but that there's some sort of action involved, You know, it takes a team. So I would encourage everybody, you know, I know I can't do everything myself and rely on a lot of people. And I would obviously, as we talk through this, think about maybe what resonates in you as a listener right now that maybe is interested in improving or impacting better, more effective communication strategies in the work you're doing. But what about the team around you? What about the volunteers in the community you're in right now? And what are some things that they can do to help? So let's dive in a little bit uh, as we go through this and i think we'll have some instructions as well for questions once we get into the q a part but just a quick overview right about communications what is communications it is you know obviously when i went to journalism school in the 1990s communications is radically radically different than it was then you know we were just having this thing that all of us called new media right it was the world wide web and everything coming up around it what did that even mean it was before blogging even existed. It was before social media existed. All that grew up in my own professional career and kind of learned it on the job. Uh, but essentially at the core, uh, it's, it's simply messages being sent from one source to another source. And that the most important part of communications is often is, is misunderstood or ignored. And this is, again, the most critical part of any communications model is the feedback. What does feedback mean? Feedback means we're not always talking. We're listening as well. So a key part of the communications that we'll be talking about, and this is something that all of us could do, is listen. So we'll talk a little bit about listening in a few minutes, but let's talk a little bit more about messages, right? And oftentimes there's a, a theory in communications about sometimes the median dictates what the messages may be, what it is we're trying to create or what it is we're trying to say. And the, the world of communications has grown up in the 21st century, I think embodies uh, a phrase that I learned back in the days when I was doing religious ministry and they would tell us to get up and preach in front of people when I was in the Jesuits, which was a Catholic religious order. And that was a real simple principle. And this is something we all can take with us as communicators, be brief, be brilliant, and be gone. 
right? The three Bs, as we always call it. Be brief, be brilliant, and be gone. In terms of messaging, we talk about the medium guiding the messages, and that's the way our world has gone up, right? We are more needing to be more brief and yet say more in the brevity that we have that's dictated around the way that we communicate these days, right? Nobody loves super long-winded. When you go back and read books and poems and everything like that from the 18th century, it's, it's, it's rolls and rolls and rolls. In the New York Times, we have these long articles in the New Yorker magazine or other major magazines or Atlantic. We have these long, drawn-out stories. And now everything is in 240 characters or less, right? We at ACB use a tool called Hootsuite. And there's other tools out there, but we found it to be pretty successful in terms of just its accessibility. I use it as a voiceover user using my Mac. And what Hootsuite does is it takes all of your social media, our LinkedIn, our Twitter, our Facebook, our Facebook community, all these things. And it allows you to do one post and it posts it everywhere. But as you're typing, tap, 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 there's a little countdown. I'm constantly using voiceover to go back, go back. So, you know, it'll pop back and tell me how many characters are mapped. And the magic number is, well, I say 240. It's actually 280 characters. Let me be corrected. I correct myself there. But 280 characters, right? So how many words is in 280 characters, right? That's, that's not a lot when you think about it. You know, a lot of I's and ands and does, you get more words, more than, you know, things like superfluous or the other larger words you might try to say. So, but in a sense of that brevity, right? We talk about our communications and the messaging. And brevity is where the world is going right now. We need to learn how to say more and we have less time in the time that we have to say it. The same is true when you look at like YouTube and TikTok and all these other medias where the world is gravitating to. And people come to us at ACB and ask us, you know, like, what about, you know, I want to create like a TikTok channel for my group. And, you know, what do we want to, what do I have to say? I'm like, well, you, you can say whatever you want to make it creative, make it catchy, but it's got to be brief. YouTube now loves what's called YouTube stories which are even like these one minute segment videos, right? Everything is encapsulated. So I want us all to stop for a second and think, you know, okay, we talk about communication, we talk about messages, and there's obviously various ways for these delivery systems and the ways that we can communicate. Um, all of them in a sense, some can be long. We have the ACB Voices blog, for instance, which is meant for more long form. You can have long YouTube videos and live streams and things that can last an hour. You know, community events can last an hour, but when we're trying to communicate or get the word out, we need to be brief, right? So one thing I like to do is always tell people uh, to, to, and this is one of the things they always manage to do in journalism, is just make sure you're, you're staying tuned in. So as I'm talking here tonight, maybe there's something new that maybe you're not, inter you're not yourself engaged with yet as someone who's going to be the communicator for your organization, your affiliate or your group, or maybe you want to help out with communications trying to get the message out. Um, and, you know, you may want to try to figure out, okay, um, I might not know too much about this, or, uh, but, but who, who is it that you want to follow? And it doesn't need to be blindness, but if you like cooking, if you like, uh, you know, some sort of sport like basketball or baseball seasons are obviously keyed up right now. Um, if you like uh, books or literature or things about dogs, um, you know, I was talking to somebody the other day who went in a long rabbit hole on all kinds of posts around cats, right? What are things that, that we, we enjoy consuming as media consumers ourselves? And take a moment, and what is it that you think of that you enjoy in consumption of media that captures your attention, right? To, to be a good communicator, you have to sort of be able to digest a lot of communication and, and, and in a sense, know what, what resonates for you. 
because in some sense, a lot of us are equal in so many ways that at least it's a good starting point. You know, um, like if anybody wants to be a novelist, the first thing every editor always says is, well, make sure you read a lot of novels. So if I'm talking here tonight on any of this stuff that might not be familiar with you, take some time to try to learn it. Step out of your comfort zone. If you've never done TikTok, if you're not following people on YouTube, if you're not a Twitter person, and I, I really don't do tweeting myself personally anymore. I did it a ton 10, 12 years ago. It's, it's a great way to get news or information or little sound bites and things like that. Journalists love to be on Twitter. But, you know, make sure you're consuming media, right? Because good media people, good communicators are good consumers of media and communications as well. So that's the first thing, right? Where do we sort of, you know, find our messages ourselves and just take some time to think about that. What pops for you and what resonates for you? Um, that gets into the second part, which is the critical part is about listening, right? And that's also, are you a good listener? Um, I have found a lot of times in my world and I'm doing it right now, probably the joy of zoom or being on some sort of radios, you know, you got to fill the space. You got to fill the dead air. Right. Um, but sometimes we just have to listen. What kind of listener are you? This is a question I have for everybody listening right now. What, what type of listener are you? Is it just a person? Are you the type that uh, likes to try to digest everything? Are you a note taker? Um, do you just passively listen? Do you find yourself with the television flipping from a channel every three seconds? Click, click, click. Or can you stop for a minute and listen for two, three, four, five minutes? You know, what are your listening habits? And you're, if you're in a conversation, next time you have a conversation with a friend, here's a little experiment. How much time do you spend listening versus how much time do you spend talking? It's a good sort of exercise to take in our own communications and trying to think of what ways do we listen to our audience as much, right? We can do all the things we can to think of, you know, mirroring what make good messages and good templates. And we can take the toolkit I mentioned earlier and make all these great things in terms of making a message. But what do we do in terms of listening to the feedback that comes back? That feedback can come back in a lot of ways. Sometimes it can be awkward silence. How's everybody feel right now? Is everybody okay with that? <laughs> you know, if I take 10 seconds or 15 seconds, did you think something happened? Did you think my signal got dropped? Did, you, did something creep up? Um, when you're talking in front of a group and you suddenly just stop talking, you forget what you're saying, and there's that awkward silence. How does it feel within your stomach, right? Do you, do you get that nervousness? Sometimes we just need to stop and we need to listen. And so I would encourage you, and we'll talk a little bit about this as well as the night goes on, in terms of what ways can we effectively listen to those we're trying to reach? And what are some of the things that need to be the red flags that say, oh, we really do need to listen? I think sometimes that can be an event that only has three people attending, uh, you know, uh, and you're probably one of them, right? Um, and so what does that mean, right? What are, we, what, are we, what are we saying that isn't resonating with people? So make sure we're good listeners as well. So good consumers and good listeners. These are sort of the good recipes to making a wonderful cocktail on a Sunday night when you want to relax. And it's a communication cocktail, let's call it. We want to make sure we're communicating well. So, all right. So what does that mean for ACB, right? What does that mean? We have a lot of ways at ACB National that we communicate. We have an enormous amount of communication channels with ACB. And all of them we weigh differently depending on what our target audience is, what we're trying to say, where is our brevity. 
you know, we try to maximize the most, the biggest bang for the buck we always hear. What's your greatest return on your investment? They love to say in the marketing world, whenever they're throwing out communications out there, how many hits are we getting? What are we getting back? And that's that idea of the brevity, right? You get more by being brief because you can hit more targets that way, like rapid fire, if you'll think of it that way. So in that sense, you know, we have uh, multiple, multiple ways within ACB National that we have as a communications platforms, if you will, if you can think of it that way. I'm going to rattle off some of them real quick. We've got our listservs, our groups IO. Many of you are knowing the listservs well. It's probably how you got the link for tonight or found out how to listen tonight by being on an ACB list. Those are multiple emails. We have an additional email databases run through Constant Contact. Constant Contact is an email delivery system that thanks to our own advocacy, we can say it's much more accessible this year than it was this time last year. Thanks to work that Kelly and others were doing behind the scenes to make constant contact more. Uh, you know, there are other companies as well, like MailChimp is a popular one and other email services. Sometimes your databases, if you work for a larger nonprofit, might have systems that can email and blast out. Uh, sometimes it's a Google list, things that are free. As you know, Google uh, has free email lists, right, that are available. We can create, and get people signed up and, and circulate it to people. And so there's everything from free to, you know, $100 a month, depending on how big you want to go. So that, that depends on what are your resources in terms of your email communications. Still remains one of the more effective ways because we've had email now for 33 years, give or take, depending on when you came online. Universities and government agencies started first. But, you know, that's over almost two generations of world has grown up uh, in, in email. You know, the millennials now and then there's Gen Z under them have only known email as a principal way to communicate. Um, there's also text messaging. People do text things now. Um, not so much in our world because we know that, you know, that oftentimes requires smartphones and not everybody has a smartphone, but it's out there as a way to communicate and, and get the news out to people. There's services that can do that that are somewhat affordable. Um, excuse me, I'll take a sip of my drink and enjoy the silence for just a second there uh, while I'm chatting. But, you know, there's, there's uh, text type things. We have access to that. You might see that pop up around the gala as we try to reach a new audience. We know might be uh, keen into that um, in terms of ways for our audio description awards gala later this year. But something we haven't done too much, but it's available through our fundraising service called Donor Perfect. Other areas of engagement are social networking, right? What is social networking? Well, social networking is simply, uh, you know, communication platforms or ways that people communicate and converse in a social setting are ways that uh, they're networked together, right? It's not just an email that's going from me to you, but it's going to all of our friends, all the people that follow us, all the people that like us. And it allows all of us to communicate and weigh in. We can leave comments, we can like, we can dislike. Um, social networking has been one of the greatest ways in sort of the communications revolution to get instant feedback, right? I can send out a post on Facebook. We have over 5,000 followers. Within a couple of minutes, I can get immediate feedback. In the old days, I would have to wait, let's say, if we had, uh, you know, ACV Media, maybe we would do a survey or maybe we would say, you know, send us an email and then we'd have to collect those emails. So let us know how you're doing or what you thought of this program. And that might take days or weeks, right, to get the information back. Uh, even before that, when you think back to the early days of ACV, we'd send out the Braille form. We might not get a letter uh, from someone for, you know, depending on how free matter for the blind worked for months after that. Maybe magazine came into your door, uh, you know, into your mail slot in your door. Um, and then a month, two months later, maybe we get a letter in return from someone saying, hey, I read this. And so 
communication times with social media and everything like that has really accelerated the feedback loop, which has been fantastic uh, for better or for worse. That's what's good about social networking. So we have our social networking channels like LinkedIn. I said Facebook. We are on Instagram, which is a very visual medium, but they're doing better at getting alt tagging on Instagram. We use Twitter as well. Uh, we're not on TikTok yet, but I don't know. I, I think there's always, you know, some opportunity. But TikTok is, you know, I, I think of it when, when you know, uh, when my kids, I have a 9 and a 12-year-old, you know, they were the first I ever heard of TikTok from. And the same with the way Facebook was, was when, you know, their grandparents begin to get on the social media, like on Facebook. That was sort of the idea that, okay, here's a social network that is truly transcended and enculturated, indoctrinated itself in the larger society and culture when it's multi-generational impact. Um, TikTok's not there yet, but you know a lot of the other ones like Facebook are. Right? Facebook is a multi-generational platform of communicating, which means we reach a wide range of people uh, across age demographics because sometimes technology can be you know, varying levels of engagement depending on where you came into it. Uh, the same way that I like records from the 1970s because that's when I was a kid. Uh, people tend to like the social media that they grew up and came into when they were communicating with that. So I'm sure in a few years, there'll be something new that Generation Z would love and get into. So we have our social networking. Uh, we also have our online streaming services, which isn't necessarily social networking. Uh, when you terms of the ACB Media Network, you can go to acbmedia.org and find out about all of our 10 channels. We're listening right now on ACB Media 6 used to be our ACB radio, right? With mainstream and cafe and treasure trove, our live and events and other channels. But that's all under the ACB media umbrella. So that's another communications platform we have. We have, of course, our flagship, which is the Braille Forum, which is the voice of the American Council of the Blind, of all of our members' voice that's collectively pulled, pulled together in a sense of direction by the Board of Publications and, and pushed out each month that Sharon leads and works with BOP on. Uh, we have other communication channels, which are just literally the ways that we uh, commu communicate with people uh, over the telephone or incoming calls or ERPS, which is information and peer support services. That's interpersonal communication, the one-on-one -on -one opportunities we have. Uh, if it's through Be My Eyes or through the calls we come uh, and come in, that's, that's you know, a traditional form of communication that is still strong within the organization. And we feel calls and calls and calls all the time. So definitely another effective way of communications. Uh, our blog, I mentioned ACB Voices, that's more of a long form format. Um, and then, you know, our website, which is a key part as well. And website, we'll talk a little bit about website in a few minutes, but there's so many varying ways to work with websites, to use websites, to, to, to leverage websites from, again, from free to a fortune, right? Whatever we're spending in terms of, you know, uh, what you could spend for an organization. You know, there are companies that spend hundreds of thousands of dollars a year on a website. And then when I ran a nonprofit, when I took a year off and ran a nonprofit here in Baltimore called the Downtown Baltimore Family Alliance, we had our website for free through a company called Weebly. Um, wasn't the most accessible format, but it was free. And there are some other free like Wix and some stuff that the schools use have some accessible templates. Uh, we have done our blog and ACB media on WordPress. And you can get uh, oftentimes free blogs through WordPress, which are great accessible templates they have out there as well which work well for people that are working to try to help build a basic website through WordPress. So as I mentioned, we have a host and a ton of communication channels. And a reminder that a lot of these channels are available for you to get your communications out, right? So those are our mediums, right? Those are the things the messages carry on. And as I said, sometimes the messages can be dictated 
in terms of what we're saying, uh, depending on how much real estate we have to work with, um, in terms of the space that we have. You know, rail form articles need to be so long. Websites, you don't want to be going on more than a whole page. Uh, tweets need to be under 280 characters. So it can vary, but in the same sense, uh, you know, what are we saying? And that's a real important part to sort of transition to after we think about what tools do we have? Because all this stuff are tools. It shouldn't necessarily dictate our message. It's a key part of our message, but it shouldn't dictate our message. So what is it we're trying to use these tools for in terms of what are we trying to say? Now, if we operate from the premise that we need to be brief, right, and be brilliant, as I'd like to say, you know, we want to make sure that we're saying things that resonate with people. And the key in terms of all things, and this came from my years of doing advocacy that we found is really effective. We took from, you know, a lot of research. I worked for a communications think tank in New York City called the Opportunity Agenda for years. And, uh, they're a good resource, opportunityagenda.org. A lot of social justice work that we did at the Opportunity Agenda. Uh, but we were just basically teaching people how to communicate on advocacy issues that, that uh, we're trying to talk to new audience, trying to engage new people, trying to persuade new people to, to come to their point of view or to come join their campaign or their agenda. And the key that we always led with was this idea of values messaging, right? values-based messaging. One of the things I love about the American Council of the Blind, as we all know listening to this call today, is that we are an extremely diverse group of people. We are a true microcosm of the entire country. We cover almost every state in the, in the union's term of affiliates. When you look at our members at large, we probably are in every state and many of the territories in the Pacific and in the islands and overseas as well. Uh, we have folks on the ACB community, which is a key part of our program, which is also another communication channel or community events that's carried through Cindy and the work that Colby and Belinda and all the other volunteers work on each day to get these you know, roughly 80 to 100 community events out to each month and those email lists that go out another key platform um, in terms of messaging. But when we're talking about communication, the idea is maybe to freely get people on those platforms for events and things. But in terms of you know, what we have for the messaging, uh, value-based messaging, to return back to that real quick, is something that is real critical, right? We're a very diverse group, as I said. And all of us come from different points of view. We might have different experiences in our own journey through blindness and vision loss. Um, you know. Uh, most of our community uh, still maybe has some vision, isn't totally blind. Um, you know, when you look at the numbers of the, you know, four and a half million people out there that are considered severely visually impaired that might qualify as legally blind and more severe, you know, it's a complete diverse spectrum, right? Across the board, um, all walks of life, all, all nationalities, all socioeconomic demographics. Uh, we know that it trends very high in certain communities, particularly communities of color. But by and large, there are a lot of voices that are listening to our messages that we want to get that feedback from, right? So in that sense, the most successful strategy that has been used by a lot of other organizations that have done a lot of money into research on this stuff is the values-based messaging. And what does that mean? Well, values-based messaging is real simple. It means that, you know, think of our core values with the American Council of the Blind, things like respect, things like integrity and dignity and flexibility. You know, there are things that kind of, exist regardless of wherever we may be in our life experience that forms what our tastes are and what our culture is and all those things. But they're the things that we all share together, right? We hear it in our mission a lot. We talk about opportunity and independence. These are value-based words. And they're words that really, they might mean something differently 
to every person out here, independence might mean something differently to each one of us listening tonight. But in the same sense, it means something the same at the same time, which is one of the great ironies of it, right? It's something that we all resonate within us and we all get as being important and something we want to strive towards. It may manifest itself differently, but it's a value that resonates in all of us. So regardless of where our world experiences may form us, if I'm communicating with somebody, I always want to try to think at the top, does my message have some sort of value in it? Oftentimes in marketing and advertising, my graduate research was in advertising, you know, that value is defined as the hook, right? What is the thing that's kind of that value hook that you know is going to resonate in everybody? Those that have heard me speak in the past, I talk about the movie analogies. Uh, I have never been on the moon. I've never gone around the moon. I've never been to space. I'm not Jeff Bezos or Walt William Shatner, you know, and had a chance to fly to space. Um, but the movie uh, Apollo 13 with Tom Hanks, I love that movie, right? Something resonated in that, right? The idea of hope was the value in that. That was the value that they hoped they were going to make it across. They had faith and hope that they would get and come back alive around the other side of the moon. No spoilers, of course. And in that sense of the values, there are things that resonate with us, even though the experiences might be different. So I try to think when I'm trying to craft an effective message, is there some sort of values or something that's the hook up top that I know is going to expand itself to everybody? And that could be in your headline, like uh, let's say um, ACB local affiliate XYZ is going to hold an event, right? Okay, do I want to just say we're holding an event or do I want to say, you know, um, experience the power of independence on Thursday night? at 7 p.m. Eastern? Or do I simply want to say ACB affiliate hold this event, right? What are things that I can maybe say that resonate in something that capture the attention, that gathers a hook and, and just kind of says things at the top? Uh, oftentimes in journalism, we would call it in our lead sentence, you know, our lead opening statement. What do we want to say that captures the attention and creates that hook? So we want to make sure our messages have a hook. And oftentimes that is very effective through this value-based message. And there's a lot of tools we'd love to point folks toward that can really help make you an effective communicator. The other thing is make sure you got all the facts, right? We wanna make sure that we're not miscommunicating obviously and stating the wrong facts, but that we're also just being real concise and just cutting to the point, right? Oftentimes we can get long-winded and, and ramble and bury at the very bottom when it is, where it is, or I found myself, you know, hearing an event that's gonna be on Tuesday night. It never says Tuesday night when, you know, sometimes we neglect to say things and find out or just assume everybody knows. I've heard oftentimes programs and shows where people will start the show or program and they won't even introduce themselves, right? And they won't say some of the basic things like tonight's show is about this. They just hop right in. And it's sort of for a minute, just imagine and always don't just imagine, but always assume that there's somebody out there in the audience that has no idea who we are, what we're talking about. And we need to speak sometimes in, in a language that we can all understand and that there's no hidden jargon, lingos, acronyms, things that might be excluding people that might be new to our community, right? So we wanna to try to make sure that we're concise and clear um, and also never exclusionary as well, that we're very broad. In journalism, they always say, you know, we would write on a sixth grade reading level. Um, I always wondered what that was. And now that I have a sixth grader, um, my problem is my sixth grader likes to read Dante's Inferno. He likes to show off he's playing uh, Antonio and the Merchant of Venice and Shakespeare right now. So. Um, you know, sixth graders even read at different levels, right? Uh, he has kids in his class that are still reading, you know, they're well beyond C, Dick, and Jane Run. But, you know, it's, it's basically short sentences, clear, concise, 
Don't use a lot of commas. Uh, this makes also spelling and grammar a lot easier when you just write short, clear sentences and get that message across. Also gives you fewer characters. Gets us below that magic 280 number. So, you know, we have these messages uh, and that we want to be clear and concise. Uh, in ACB Media, we try to do that in terms of um, with, our, with our segments. Uh, you know, I know we had the Ukrainian event the other day and Larry Gazin was doing a great sort of intro. And he had to get it within so many seconds. We had 15 seconds to try to say a lot of stuff in a station ID that could be aired during the event on the Ukrainian concert we had the other week. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Fortunately, we raised over $93,000 around the world. Everybody chiming in, so that was fantastic. But, you know, Larry had 15 seconds to say stuff, right? Um, it's like that sometimes they also say that elevator pitch, you know. Uh, when you're trying to think of something to say, you know, you want to learn to craft that elevator pitch. How can you talk about your organization real brief? And real concise to new audiences. The idea that sometimes uh, 15 seconds is all you get, right? If it's on ACB Media or Mushroom FM where they broadcast and simulcast the, the main Ukrainian concert, or if it's on an elevator with someone, if it's in a tweet, uh, if you just have a second when you've been waiting for a long time to get on a call like tonight and you're like, oh, this guy's talking too much. I only have 15 seconds to, to get my two cents in. Uh, you know, you got to be able to weigh in and try to think of what you can say in that 15 seconds. I always like to tell people, you know, record yourself. We used to do this great exercise. I was in the forensics team, public speaking team in college. And we had, it was called impromptu speaking. And this is a fun game. Well, for if you're a nerd like me, this was a fun game. It might be tedious and torturous for some. But, you know, you got a couple group of people. If you have a communications committee, maybe for your affiliate, get together one night and just play some games of a quote. We would take a famous quote and we'd say, all right, we need to say a 30-second speech and a three-minute speech around this one quote, right? And it could be something as simple as, you know, uh, ask not what you can do for what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. You know, something famous like what Jack Kennedy said or, John, you know, uh, you know, something like that. Um, but, you know, in that sense of, uh, you know, just an exercise. And then we would take turns and all of us would get a chance to speak. And we would all weigh in and share and talk. And Toastmasters, if there's a Toastmasters in your community, they do this as well sometimes for just fun and play in their public speaking. This is a great organization around. You can Google it. I know in Washington, D.C., there was a visually impaired Toastmasters group, and maybe you could think of starting one in your own community. But it's a public speaking sort of organization. It's not just blindness and vision impaired folks, but it's in communities for all types of people who want to get together and learn how to be better public speakers. And oftentimes, these are exercises people can do to make you an effective speaker. Because when you're an effective speaker, you can also be an effective writer. You know, it just helps get your brain clear and concise and not trip over your words all the time. And that can come, sometimes come through real well as a public speaker, the same way that it can also transcend itself into your writing. So however you're communicating, think of ways that you can better your craft in terms of getting those messages, getting what you want to say in that very brief window of time. All right, so I've been yammering, yammering, yammering on a lot of stuff. What have we talked about so far? Well, we've talked about the different types of messages, right? that they come across in multiple mediums, multiple channels, as it were, and platforms of communicating. We've talked a little bit about, you know, the need for brevity, the need for clarity, the need for values-based messaging. And we talked about feedback. And I want to kind of close this first major segment before we dive into maybe some questions and making this real for all of you in real ways that you can take home this evening and really think of and put to action is the feedback, right? What are some ways to do feedback and what are some ways to listen? Uh, which is critical, right? Uh, oftentimes, as with social media, I said, or if you do an event, 
Uh, I always like to think that people in the theater or stand-up comedians, they have the most immediate feedback response. If you've ever done public speaking, you get that most immediate feedback response. We talked about being comfortable with silence, right? Uh, that's horrible for a public speaker when you throw a joke out and it's crickets, right? The idea that that silence, that thing falls on, you know, sort of uh, a dead, like a, a dead fish, right? Just flops on the floor and nothing happens, right? So in that sense, we want to be able to try to think of ways that we can listen. Um, and sometimes that is, that is immediate. Uh, sometimes it is through a survey. Uh, we at ACB have Survey Monkey. We have been working. The back end is a little tricky, uh, but Google and other places can do free surveys. Some websites have built-in surveys and a WordPress lets you create a survey. I think Facebook, I've never done it on Facebook, but I always, always see the little survey button you can hit and do a survey. Don't know how accessible it is. I'd be curious for others to weigh in and let me know. But you know, ways that you can get questions out there and, and, and response or things resonating. Um, ask folks after a meeting, you know, once you're through talking, ask for questions. I've always found one of the ways to know if I'm an effective speaker or not is am I getting questions? You know, we'll find out in a few minutes if I've been effective tonight, I guess. But you know, the key is really finding ways to listen. And, and sometimes it can even take doing a focus group. We did focus groups that were extremely valuable last year. Uh, I say last year, good heavens. No, it was in 2020 we did these focus groups. So it was almost two years ago. And they're extremely helpful. We took eight people in various calls. We were doing this all on Zoom. You can set up Zoom calls and just ask them some basic questions. Like, hey, what it, <clears throat> when I say independence, what does that mean to you, right? What are some of these value messages? Like we test our own core values at ACP. What does that mean to you? We test like the mission. What's the mission of your organization? What did you write down in your constitution and charter? You know, uh, how does that resonate with people? Like, what do you, when I say, you know, um, <clears throat> we expand, uh, we, we say a lot at ACP now, we foster voice choice and community, right? What does that mean? What does voice mean to you? Right, these are just simple questions and get that, get that feedback. Don't be afraid to go on and ask people. Uh, you know, what do you think of this? What do you think about this event we did? Um, we have found it extremely helpful with a lot of our events to pull together people from outside our circle after a virtual convention, after our gala. We brought in other people who weren't part of the planning committee and just asked some questions. How do you think this did? Did you enjoy it? What did you like about it? What didn't you like about it? And then we listened. And I can tell you time and time again that listening again for communications is immeasurable and extremely critical. And, and, you know, I am in no way an expert. I am in no way perfect with communications. That's why I love to surround myself with a wonderful team of people who are great communicators as well. And our, our public awareness community and our board publications, people uh, that if I throw out one name, I'll forget other names. So I, won't, I won't shout out all the names, but you know who you are, um, are effective communicators. We did a brainstorming session the other day from May on public awareness. And it's amazing. You know, I just threw in an idea and sat back and listened. And I had 10 ideas that were much better than the idea I had in mind. And it was all simply by throwing it out there and taking time to listen. So that being said, the opportunity now is for me to get a chance to listen to all of you. And I think Peggy and, and uh, you know, and our host, uh, I think if we can open up to some questions, what I'd love to do is, is find out what are some of the challenges you're having now? And, you know, are there opportunities for us to try to help support, give some guidance? Um, but also, too, how are you feeling? You know, how are, what are some of the headaches you're having right now? Because, you know, I might not have an answer now, but I think collectively, if we put our heads together, maybe we can find some good solutions to impact all of our communications. Because there, unfortunately, is one reality in this world that every membership organization is struggling with. 
not just the American Council of the Blind, but all other, if it's the Rotary Club, if it's the Lions Club, if it's the Boy Scouts, any group, the Girl Scouts of America, uh, you know, any group that is a, is a membership organization, churches are running into this issue, um, is that the upcoming generations just aren't membership driven. They're not as engaged in membership, right? doesn't mean that there's still people that get involved as members, but by and large, the numbers is the culture is changing. And membership organizations, it's hard to get all of us together, like-minded folks, and gather the way that we did 60 years ago. So I love to listen now to some of the things you all have to say, and I'll throw it back to you, Peggy, as facilitator, and see if we have any questions or anybody wants to go ahead and get this uh, started as a conversation. So again, uh, you know, I can try to at least keep to some of my, uh, my um, you know, three Bs, and then I can say I will be gone eventually, so I won't be here all night yammering. So I'll throw it back to you, Peggy. Tony, thank you. A lot of great information that you've shared, and I'm sure there are some questions. Um, and uh, uh, do we have any hands raised yet? We do not. Okay, would uh, you? I failed them in my own theory. What's our What's our <laughs> rules? Uh, our, our would you Would you remind folks how to raise their hands, just in case? I will do that. So if you are on a PC to raise your hand, it is Alt-Y, and to mute and unmute, it is Alt-A. If you are on a Mac, it is Option-Y to raise your hand, and it is Command-Shift-A to mute and unmute. If you are on a smartphone, to raise your hand, you go to the More button in the bottom right-hand corner of the phone, double-tap that, and swipe over to Raise Hand and your hand will be raised. And to unmute, it is in the bottom left-hand corner of your phone. And for those who are using a touchpad, a regular phone, it is a star nine to raise your hand and star six to unmute and uh, to mute. And thank you. Yeah. So, so far, we still have no hands. We'll give a second for folks to ponder. Yeah. I'm perfectly fine in this silence. Although yeah, our listeners was, might think the radio died, the stream. Yeah, I was just about to say sometimes it's difficult, and sometimes people have that gotcha on there that they didn't realize is still there. So yeah. I'll give them a second or two. All right, we have two hands now. So okay. uh, Cheryl, you are first. Uh, go ahead and unmute, and it's your turn. Hi, hi Cheryl. Hi. hi. Good evening. Um, so. I am very interested. You mentioned that there are some specific tools that that we might be able to use to help us understand and to use like value proposition writing. So there's a great organization, as I mentioned, the Opportunity Agenda. And I had a chance to work with them for a couple of years. So I'm a bit biased, to be honest. But we worked a large amount in immigration was my main area um, that I focused on, but also in racial justice, gender equality, um, a lot of spaces within the, the advocacy world for social justice. Um, and we worked a lot with groups like ACLU and NAACP and uh, Urban League and other groups like that, Leadership Conference on Civil and Human Rights, to really help craft their messaging and put together some good toolkits. So if you go to opportunityagenda.org um, and if you just type in just toolkit, uh, in the search field, there, there'll be a number of, of um, uh, you know, PDF files that'll come up and reports and studies on effective values-based messaging. So if you just even type values messaging, um, there's an excellent way, you know, to just sort of get a lot of toolkits and information. They've had a blog as well uh, that has posts and comments on, on the subject. 
Um, they even have a thing. Oftentimes we use these values or the anchors of what we call our narrative, right? And you hear that a lot in political messaging in Washington, D.C., especially about what's your narrative uh, for your organization. And uh, they even have a thing called the narrative lab at Opportunity Agenda, where they work on sort of training nonprofit leaders and, and people, and they do webinars and things like that that tie into the values-based messaging. So yeah, so they're very effective and, and a good resource. I would recommend them. Uh, they worked uh, uh, to create this with the U.S. Human Rights Network um, out of Atlanta, which is an excellent group um, that's tied in, in a lot of values-based messaging and helped really fund a lot of that research uh, to work with um, Ford Foundation and others to really help push this out. So yeah, I would recommend Opportunity Agenda. Oh, thank and there's you. there's other there's other resources out there as well. Um, it's it's very common in communications disciplines and training and, and you know higher ed and stuff like that. A lot of good journal pieces too. If you just type in values based messaging. Okay, and I have one one. Thank you so much. And I have one one follow up question. So, um, the Bay State Council of the Blind. I'm, I'm a member of that. Um, mm -hmm. We had this um, session where we asked people to sort of identify two or three words that they think of that they associate with the organization and they came mm -hmm. up with really fantastic words and so we're you know we now have all these like great collection of words and we're like well what do we do with this <laughs> so <laughs> what, what what are your suggestions i mean we'd like to use it somehow to like let people know more about the organization but you know, I'm not a marketing person and I'm just like, I, I don't know. It, it's fun. There's there's fun sort of, <clears throat> and sometimes these are a bit visual exercises, but, you know, it happens a lot in the marketing space and advertising and large corporations love to do this when they do surveys and they'll do an open-ended question and, and mm -hmm. they'll say, what is, what does our shampoo make you feel, you know? You know, where, where do you imagine, you know, like, and, and they really love doing these in these sort of corporate focus groups. That's going to happen in Columbus, Ohio, for some reason, a lot of these focus groups. But that being aside, uh, uh, you know, uh, they'll do like word clouds, right? Where yeah. start lumping some of these words into different different sort of clouds or like, you know, bubbles, if you will. And you kind of put, put this word over here and slide that one over here. And that's more of a, you know, this time, I don't you know whatever words you have, if it's five, 10, 20, you know, I've, I've seen word clouds or well, red word clouds, which can be tedious sometimes with voiceover or JAWS, you know, that are like, you know, 30, 40 words, right? Or, you know, and you're just trying to convince mm -hmm. just a lot of, it's a lot of ways, like how, how do they say, you know, the, uh, the Inuits or who is it up in Alaska that have like, you know, so many words for snow, you know, like so many different words just for one thing that we would have one word for. So, you know, there's so many different ways to say things sometimes. And, you know, where do these words have a common thread, right? And in values messaging, the idea is to get to a pyramid and you kind of work your way from the bottom where it's the widest and you have a lot of, you know, data points on different things. And you slowly get your, yourself up to, you know, how does, what, what is there a word that this word and this word kind of summarize, right? It's, it's almost like a, a semantics Roger's thesaurus, right? Does everyone, every writer loves to have the Roger's thesaurus, which is, you know, I have one word. What's 12 other ways I can say this one word I've already used twice in a sentence. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I would I would maybe try to think of an exercise that you could kind of do as a fun way to kind of bring those words together. What's the common thread in them? You know, is there any okay. theme? Mm -hmm. uh, are there any, you know, values on, in terms of like hope, opportunity, um, fee, you know, overcoming challenges or things that really, really kind of resonate uh, that help 
build that narrative because essentially as you're telling your story the, the values sort of are the fuel that that tie into that narrative and the narrative can be all these words bundled up a narrative gives you a few of you know it, it goes from that 280 to maybe 500 words right or 500 characters that gets you a little bit more description Okay. And you begin to tell your narrative out of just these value-based words, these buzzwords that pop up in focus groups or uh, whenever you do a survey and it has the open-ended section, you type in and it does these word clouds that populate all these words that were resonated or popped out. Does that answer your question? Yeah, I think that that, yeah. that helps because, as I said, we've got beautiful words. I mean, you know, as people were saying them, I was like, oh, my gosh, I never knew. That so many people <laughs> thought about the organization in these terms. Well, um, think of it too, like in, in, in the Renaissance world, and this is a visual analogy, I know, but maybe we can imagine in our own, in our own, you know, sort of internal mind that painters only had so many colors to work with until, you know, we started to experiment with different ways to create colors and the palette exploded. And with that exploding mm -hmm. palette, we began to get into the, the post-Renaissance and the romantic and the, the, uh, you know, realistic era, and I'll, you know, I wish I knew more about art. Obviously, I'm not an art critic at all, but you know, I think the same is true in the way that we communicate. That you know, uh, we can have just a few words, um, but it start. It's great when we start to get multiple words that really kind of say the same thing, right? So, what are some of those word bubbles, and what are they? What are they all kind of saying? You know, are they saying are thirty words essentially kind of saying three things that could be boiled into maybe six words, right? Okay. So. All right. Well, thank you so much. I'm going to let other people talk. Thank you. Yeah. All right. We have about six minutes left and two hands. Okay. Let's right. take those and see if we can get them in quickly. All right. Let's do it next. Okay. Uh, make that one hand. So, Mo Carpenter, you are next. Hi, Mo. Hi, Mo. Hi. Um, I just had a well, maybe not a quick little question, but I am part of ACB Next Generation. I know that you were speaking about how uh, our younger generation isn't as big on member organizations. And I just didn't know if you had tips and tricks to maybe get us moving and get us a little more interested into. I love that. The, the uh, get up and get moving campaign hops to my mind right away. Yeah. <laughs> which is, you know, Amanda's on our committee. So, um, yeah, no, I would say, you know, and this is one of the challenges is, is the future generation about membership organizations. And even though people aren't necessarily hopping on board to this idea of the membership groups like they used to, meaning, you know, the rotary clubs, like I mentioned, civic organizations around the country, you know, people are still gathering, right? I think one of the great testaments to that has been our ACD community, right? There's been a great, uh, you know, spread or spectrum of age that's represented in the community. We've had a number of our key people that have been engaged in volunteering are, are on the younger side of the community. That's been fantastic. Um, just because someone doesn't join a membership doesn't mean that uh, they're not interested and want to hang out with like-minded people. And I think, you know, the ways that they're doing it now is is different. And I think a membership organization, there's almost like an evangelization. If you think of it, and, and this is maybe the ex-Jesuit in me talking, but not to get preachy or religious, but it's, it's pretty much the simple, you know, the earliest membership organizations in history were churches, right? Maybe oh, ancient Greek, Roman, you know, people with a similar belief. 
That's all we're talking about here is finding people with beliefs and getting them eventually to warm up to the idea and, 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 and hop on board. Um, I'm a firm believer that if you just get people to walk alongside with you, right, and sort of this old primitive evangelistic sort of idea, um, eventually they're going to want to join you, right? Why would they not if, if they're finding it pleasure in terms of being around you and, and, and taking part in what you're doing? So I would say it's not that the challenge, I think, is everybody just expects it to happen suddenly, overnight. But let's think of a ways that we can get people to walk with us first before we make the ask. And this is true in fundraising uh, and in advocacy as well in Capitol Hill. You don't just immediately ask for a million dollars to Congress right out of the gate. I don't immediately ask for thousands of dollars from someone right out of the gate. I want to build that relationship. So think of ways, particularly with like ACB NextGen, that we can really start building relationships and just wait, be patient. The same way that we're uncomfortable with that listening, sometimes we're uncomfortable with that waiting. Right. Mm -hmm. And so let's not be afraid to wait either. Um, if we're doing the right thing and we're listening and getting good feedback, then that should, in theory, let people continue to keep walking with us on this journey. And so with our ACB community events, I think that's a great opportunity to really, you know, if your affiliate's not, you know, doing community events yet, think of ways that you can get community events that basically just let people walk with you. Don't, we don't need to be pushy. Um, over time, people will grow and grow more, I believe. The same, I mean, it's happened. Centuries have shown this through evangelization of different religious beliefs throughout history. Um, eventually, people will follow, and uh, and then and then they'll 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 sign up and join. You know, they might they might join in different ways. It might look different. Volunteer hours versus membership dues. Who knows what the future will hold for all membership organizations? Um, but I think, in some sense, there's no doubt that as long as we keep doing what we're doing and we're resonating with people, and we're listening. Uh, people are going to want to follow you. And, 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 you know, they'll join. It's just the waiting, right? And it's so hard to wait the same way it's hard to listen. I hope that answered your question. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Tony. And I think we have, what, a couple of minutes left? Uh, yes, two. Two minutes. Okay. Tony, thank you so much. Um, I, I really appreciate you. There was a lot of great information. And I will definitely be in touch because I have a couple of questions that I want to discuss with you as well. But thank you again. We appreciate you. And I just want to let our listeners know that the membership committee will be holding some additional calls coming up on May 22nd. And that's on a Sunday. And then again on June 16th, which is on a Thursday, we will be sharing with you some tips on the best way to access the uh, national convention. It's a really busy time with a lot of things going on. Uh, and it does take some organization to make sure that you get the most out of the event. So more details will be coming. It will be listed, of course, on the community daily list. So stay tuned for additional information. And thank you all again for joining us this evening.